It's time for the most dangerous men in America. It's time for Boondock Underground. I want the fucking Boondock. Paparazzi to the courthouse to capture a picture of an alleged bruise on the right side of your face. Do you remember him saying that? I remember him saying that. That information must have come from your team, right, Ms. Heard? Absolutely not. Why would I want that? What actual survivor of domestic violence wants that? Oh, man, I got to be honest with you. I haven't watched one second of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. None of it. Not one second. Does that make me better than you? Probably. Uh, I don't get it. I don't think I ever will. I'm not 100% sure what it is that they're even trying to accomplish. I'm not even sure what what the whole like lawsuit was about. Does anyone know? Like I heard it was some sort of uh, situation where uh, Amber Heard said some things derogatory about Johnny Depp, and then he sued her for slander or something like that. I have no idea. Crazy motherfucker. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. It's super strange, though. And I think the the general consensus has been that Amber Heard looks like an absolute moron in all of this, and not to lessen the seriousness of domestic violence that she keeps pointing out. But I think the overreaching, uh, <laughs> I think the overreaching uh, sentiment is that she's lying. I'm not going to jump on the board and say that she's lying. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think they're both morons. I think both of them. I, I know that Amber Heard used to be really cute. And now that I heard that she takes dumps on people's sheets, now she doesn't look so cute. She doesn't seem so cute anymore. But I can tell you that every single dude that I know has uh, been in a relationship with a woman like Amber Heard before. So we sit and we listen when it comes on the TV or when we see it on social media. And the men have the same response every single time. Their mouth hits the floor and they're like, yep, I remember that. I remember that, man. I remember it. And so it gives Johnny Depp this, uh, I don't know, this, this, this like cover of being, uh, of being a good guy and, and everyone jumps on his side because everyone knows they've had a crazy lunatic girlfriend like Amber Heard. She's a strange cat, man. I got to be honest with you. She is a strange, strange cat. Um, and here's the thing. I told you this last week. Most people will get into a relationship with somebody because they're super attracted to them. Uh, and, and, you know, they'll, they'll put aside, like, the, the intelligent stuff like, hey, you know, this person has a good job. They do this. They do that. They act rational. But they're not like a 10. They're like a, they're like a 5. Maybe a 5 and a half. Not quite a 6. So I'm going to put up with the crazy shit uh, because they're so good looking. And that's kind of what Amber Heard has probably been dealing with most of her life. Welcome to the Boondock Underground Show. Boondock here with you. Um, We are launching um, a couple of new endeavors in the next few weeks. One of them with a friend of mine um, who is a stand-up comedian and uh, also a huge sports uh, 
fanatic and actually owns a business uh, that does uh, sports medicine and sports massage therapy and things of that nature. Um, and he's going to be uh, doing the show with me, and uh, Carl's going to be there as well. We're going to have guests on, and we're going to be doing uh, a lot of sports and a lot of talking about food and women and sports and movies and entertainment and stuff like that. It's going to be like the man show on the radio. And the cool thing is that we both have so many connections with like UFC and all these sports guys and all these celebrities and stuff because of, of what I've been doing my whole career that um, we're going to have a lot of guests that are going to be on the show. So you're going to have um, kind of a, a front room window, except with your ear holes, uh, to the end, well, and video too, because we'll have video as well, uh, to, the, uh, to the brand new show that we're going to be doing that'll be launching in a few weeks on this channel. So you don't have to go searching for it. It'll be uh, on this channel as well. So you don't have to go freaking out thinking you're not going to find it or having to uh, do any extra searches. We got you covered, bro. Uh, this show is sponsored and brought to you by Blinds of Sacramento. Jessica Claveria is the CEO and founder of Blinds of Sacramento. She's been in this industry, uh, what, you know, window coverings and everything else uh, for over 20 years. She's got great expertise. She has a great shop that she just opened up, and the grand opening is coming up this Saturday. Um, so you're going to want to be a part of that, and I'm going to tell you uh, a little bit later on in the show how you could be part of that um, grand opening special with, with all kinds of food and music and special giveaways and everything else. Now, if you are somebody who has been um, looking at your house and you, you, you look at the windows and it, it just doesn't look right to you. You need some window coverings. You need some of those. Maybe you need some of those plantation shutters. Those are amazing. And Jessica has plenty of those. Her shop is gorgeous. It's beautiful. She has professional installations. She'll get into your house and take a look and give you an estimate and let you know what you're looking at and what you can expect. She has five-star ratings uh, all over Yelp, just thousands of them. She is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, um, and she is experienced with residential, commercial, investment properties, you name it. If you're doing a, a remodel, uh, call her up. Again, there's going to be a big grand opening um, this Saturday, and uh, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Going to be lots of giveaways, free food, and all kinds of great stuff. And come get a free estimate and check it out. You will be happy that you did. And I've got some some special uh, things that I'm going to be doing on Saturday as well. So I hope you'll come out and check it out again a little bit later on in the show. I'll give you the address and I'll tell you exactly uh, what to expect when you get out there. But Blinds of Sacramento sponsoring the show, and uh, we thank um, Jessica and her team and the good people at Blinds of Sacramento. All right. Now, um, besides the Amber Heard um, situation that's going on, here's the thing. It's not just, it's not just the, 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 you know, the, the, the circus that is Amber Heard and, and Johnny Depp. Like, like you, look at the, you look at what's going on, you hear what's going on, and I think that most people can relate to what's going on because it, that they are experiencing the same kind of crap in their relationship except that they don't have millions of dollars and they don't have a lot of people who give a damn other than maybe a couple of friends who are like, girl, you need to leave him or man, you need to get rid of that chick. She's crazy. And, and they're both probably right. The, the, the more pressing question for me is I'm trying to figure out why in the hell Johnny Depp has an English accent. Like all of a sudden, like Johnny Depp was born in Kentucky. So I'm not a hundred percent sure why on earth he sounds like a cross between a, a, a British uh, bloke and, and, and a drunk sailor, maybe he thinks he's really a pirate. 
I don't know, but he he has that Jack Sparrow thing going on like all the time. Like he'll be sitting there, and they'll be asking him, "So, um, so, Mister Depp, uh, can you explain what happened when you came home and uh, you got into an argument with Amber?" And he'd be like, "Yes, well, she came in throwing some papers about and." And she said to me, you know, where have you been? And, you know, I've been drinking a little bit. And, um, oh, Mr. Depp, have you, were you doing cocaine? What's that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's cocaine. I've been doing a little bit of cocaine. And then uh, I had a, a bit of rum. And, uh, and then I fell asleep. And then I woke up and she was taking a, a shit on my sheets. Now, it's just a strange vibe that he's got going on. Why exactly is he doing that? I can't even tell you. But somebody ought to remind him that he's he's not british uh and he's not really jack sparrow <laughs> so uh i got some more audio that i want to play from this amber heard thing let's see oh let's see let's see if i can find it here real quick listen to this real quick here check this out check it out let's see producer mike d can you can you play that for me I have never heard Johnny testify to knowing where his finger was or really, frankly, making a claim that he knew where it was when it was found. I've never heard Johnny claim that. You didn't expect Johnny Keenan Wyatt. Johnny has never Ms. actually Hurd. said that. Ms. Heard. I think the jury can... Yes. Ms. Heard, there's no question pending. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so they keep going at it. it, it it's What it is is a, a couple of uh, rich Hollywood types that have got too much money, too much fame, and too much time on their hands. And so now they're, you know, they're... they're airing their dirty laundry. But what you're saying is this is the kind of shit that happens in almost every single relationship, except that because they have money and fame and power and access, uh, it's taken to the next level. Like I've never had, a, I've, I've had women like show up at my house in the middle of the night, crying, banging on my window, throwing stuff at me, uh, call me names, try to get me fired, uh, try to stab me. Uh, I've had all kinds of stuff. I, I've dealt with all kinds of crazy shit. I know a lot of dudes have. I know a lot of women have dealt with crazy dudes. Um, so this is not nothing new, but never in my life have I ever had somebody jump up on my bed, squat down and take a shit on my sheets. That is something that is a whole new level of crazy. And Amber Heard would be, I, I can't imagine that she's going to have a job after this, unless she like wants to run for office as a Democrat, then I'm sure she'll get the ticker tape parade. But it's like, at this point, I don't even know how she's going to uh, survive. Like, I don't know how she's going to, to make a living after this, unless somebody can pay her to shit on stuff. So doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, let's switch gears real quick. Um, last night I, uh, I went to go see Top Gun 2, uh, Maverick. Now, a lot of people, uh, have been, uh, talking about it. A lot of people have been anticipating it. The last one that came out, Top Gun, came out in 1986. So it's been a minute, right? Uh, and of course, it was supposed to come out in 2020, and then you know they had the whole uh, you know COVID thing and everything else, and um, so so that was that was not good, and uh, it pushed everything back, and it pushed production back, and everything else, and it sucked. Um, but uh, but it was super anticipated already because it was taken decades to actually do and decide that they were going to do it. Keep in mind now. Tony Scott is the dude who directed the movie originally. Tony Scott can't direct the next one because he leapt off of the bridge in San Pedro and killed himself. So, uh, like, th that ship has sailed, so to speak. His brother Ridley Scott might have stepped in, but his brother Ridley Scott is super strange, and I don't think he'd be able to direct the movie like Top Gun 2. Uh, but Jerry Bruckheimer did produce it uh, again, which uh, he produced the first one. 
And so not only was there an anticipation because decades had passed, but also there was anticipation because it was supposed to come out a couple of years ago and it has been pushed and pushed and pushed. So I was going in with very minimal expectation, trying not to get excited. I was trying to not get super excited and be happy about the fact that, that Maverick was coming out because I didn't want to be let down. So I talked to my daughter, <clears throat> who's almost 17, and she's an 80s kid. She loves 80s movies. She loves 80s music. She loves anything that's 80s. She's always telling me she's born in the wrong decade. She wished she could have grown up in the 80s like I did. I told her it was an amazing freaking time because it was, and that was probably the last amazing time because once the 90s hit and the internet hit and the phones hit, pretty much robbed us of our soul. So um, <laughs> so I call her and I say, hey, listen, we're going to go see uh, Top Gun 2. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. Uh, you're going to be my date. You're going to go. Um, but I need you to check out Top Gun, the first original one, because I don't think she's seen it yet. She's seen just about every other 80s movie, and she loves them. And her favorite is The Lost Boys and Breakfast Club and 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and anything John Hughes. Uh, but she has not seen Top Gun. So I said, okay, look, I need you to watch it Friday night. Then Saturday night, we're going to go, and we're going to check the movie out. Now, it did, um, it did get released um, about... About three or four weeks ago, um, at uh, at a screening that they showed uh, in Las Vegas, it was at Cine- CinemaCon, and uh, people got a chance to see it. And all of the reviews started to come out. So here's what the reviews have said so far about it, and then I'll give you my little review of it. So it says uh, Top Gun Maverick hits the theaters May 27th. That was just a couple days ago. Uh, the sequel was 36 years in the making, uh, but if the critics are to be believed. It's well worth the wait. The Tom Cruise film got its first screening at CinemaCom in Las Vegas. How many comms do they have, for the love of God, dude? Producer Mike D, how many comms do they have? It's ridiculous. Um, Here's some of the reviews. Chris Lindenhall, who I have no clue is, uh, after hearing for a a week that the movie needs to be seen in theaters, Paramount delivered a big screen spectacle in Top Gun 2 Maverick at CinemaCom. Um... (laughs) A solid standalone actioner, uh, actioneer that gets its heart from the backstory of the original film. Uh, here's Pete Hammond, who said uh, Top Gun Maverick at CinemaCon, first screening, a triumph, stirring, exciting, emotional, proud Tom Cruise in a movie star performance for the ages. Yes, this soars and so worth the long wait. Then you had Stephen uh, Weintraub. I think they, I think he's a uh, I think he's a producer. Uh, he says. Um, Absolutely love Top Gun Maverick. Blown away by the cinematography and the flying scenes, of course. Tom Cruise's performance was amazing. Rest of the cast was great with special props by uh, two Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. Uh, this is the kind of movie that you want to see on the big screen if possible. Um, and then you had, uh, let's see, here's a few other ones. Uh, just saw Top Gun Maverick says it's more than lived up to its original. A total blast and a throwback to old school character-driven Tom Cruise action flicks. Tony Scott would be proud. Of course, I said Tom uh, Tom Cruise and Tony Scott worked together on, on uh, the original Top Gun. And then Tony Scott uh, committed suicide. <clears throat> Hate to bring the show down, but it is what it is. Now, why did he commit suicide? A lot of people think he committed suicide because he he was telling people he had cancer, but then it, it turned out later that perhaps maybe he didn't have cancer. I don't know. Uh, that's some weird shit. I don't I don't know what happened exactly, but uh, rest in peace, homie. Um, here's uh, another one. It says uh, one word. Wow. Top Gun Maverick is absolutely terrific in every conceivable way. The action is fly. The action and the flying is crazy, intense, and continually changes and evolves. 
You're on the edge of your seat. I was not prepared for how emotional it was, too. The crowd cheered dozens of times. It's the real deal. All right, so uh, let me give you my perspective. We walked into the movie theater, and for the first time in, in two years, for, actually for the, like the first time in a decade, the movie theater was so packed. It was like the 1980s all over again where people were coming to the movie theater because that was the place to go. You know how like now it's like people stream shit and they don't really pay attention to the movies anymore. And I've, I've heard from other people that, you know, people aren't, you know, that the theater is going to be uh, like a dinosaur relic. No one's going to go anymore. I disagree with that. I think people like to see movies. I, they like to get away. They like to see it on the big screen. This is one of those movies you got to see on the big screen. So I walk in, it's super duper packed. There's people everywhere. Um, and... The movie starts at like 7.30. My daughter's with me. Um, we're both super excited. I haven't been this excited to see a movie in a long time. But like I said, I'm trying to manage expectation because I don't want to walk in there and have it blow. And then I'm going to be pissed at, top, uh, at, at Tom Cruise and Top Gun. So we go in there, not a lot of expectation. Um, and the movie hits. And as soon as, it, I mean, it, it starts off, it even starts off like blockbuster-ish um, and just just gets you pumping. It, it starts just uh, almost exactly like the original with the Harold Faltermeyer song playing kind of slow in the background and then the jets jump up in the air and then it's Kenny Loggins' uh, Danger Zone. Um, and, uh, and then from there, it kind of veers off and, and, and is created in its own movie. There were um, a couple of times when people legitimately, right from the very beginning, like jumped up in applause. Like there was applause when the names came up. There was applause when the jets took off. There was applause when Tom Cruise got introduced as the character. Um, and um, I, I've not, I have not seen, it, it wasn't cheesy. It was, like, it was like real applause. Like people were really genuinely excited to check it out and to see. They just were filled with emotion. And a lot of the people that were there, were high school kids who weren't even, I mean, their parents were barely alive when the original came out. Some of their parents probably weren't alive when that movie came out. And, uh, but there was a lot of high school kids there and they were digging on it, man. It was really, really cool. I will say this about uh, going to the movie. I did, I leaned over. There was a lot of noise. Like all the high school kids, they just, they just make noise. And I leaned over to my daughter and I said, you know, in the 1980s, when we went to the theater, none of this shit would be happening. There wouldn't be high school kids making fart noises and, and just yelling across the theater and acting like that. High school kids that go into the movie theater these days are complete assholes. Like, they're complete assholes. Like, if you're a parent of a high school kid and, you, you, and you're going to let them go to the movie, can, can you let them know that, that it's like... It's not a good idea to be an asshole. Like, shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to hear you yelling and making noise and screaming and acting like an asshole the whole day. Like, I'm serious. Like, they were just like, you know, making stupid. And then there was a scene, you know, when when Tom Cruise is with this woman and, you know, the guys in the back, there's like four or five dudes, high school kids are like, they're going to have sex right now. They're going to have sex right now. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, I turned around and looked at him as if to say, look, I'm going to make your parents cry when they see what I did to you. If you don't shut the fuck up when I'm trying to watch this movie. It's so ridiculous. Shut the fuck up. Like, I can't understand what these kids are doing these days. Take your meds or whatever it is that you need to do, you fucking lunatics. You know what I'm saying? I got an idea. Here's something that you millennials in the next generation, high school, junior high kids that go to the movies can do. Um, identify as a fucking quiet person. How about that, right? Um, so... 
getting back to the movie. Uh, so it, it's just got all this incredible action, like intense, intense action. Of course, Tom Cruise does a lot of his own stunts. He flies a lot of his own stuff. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're doing where they're like having these G-forces crushing down on them, it looks like it's really happening because it is. They filmed it like that. And it's just it's just, it's remarkable, man. It's fucking amazing to see the cinematography and the music. And of course, Tom Cruise is an amazing actor. And then he pops up and he sees Miles Teller. Cause he, you know, he, he comes in, he's supposed to be an instructor. He gets called in to be an instructor at Top Gun. And he has to instruct these, these top of the top guys and girls who are about to go on this mission. And they have this one specific mission that he's trying to train them for. And one of the dudes who's the pilot in, uh, who's one of the pilots of the of the jets is Goose's son. His name's Rooster in the movie, and it's played by Miles Teller, who looks just fucking like him. And Miles Teller knocked it out of the park too. By the way, he just just he's a great actor. He just knocked it out of the park. So, um, you know, he sees him. Obviously, Miles Teller. Uh, Rooster is upset at Maverick because he blames Maverick for his father's death and, and everything else. And if you haven't seen Top Gun, if you're one of the seven people in the world that hasn't seen Top Gun, I, I'm sorry that I fucking ruined it for you, but Goose dies. And um, they pay tribute to Goose in the movie. And then there's a scene, and I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's a scene in there that you're not expecting and you didn't think was going to happen because it's nowhere in the... Uh, it's, it's nowhere in the previews or anything else, but there is a moment that happens in the movie where Tom Cruise walks into this office and he has this 10-minute conversation with, with somebody. I'm not going to tell you who it is. And it is in, it, it, it's fucking emotional, man. Like I, was, I had like real tears coming down my, my cheeks, and I don't do that, especially around my daughter, but, but it was impossible to hold it back. Watching the movie, knowing the backstory and knowing everything that happened in the original movie and seeing it unfold as we kind of naturally progress to the next level um, and see what happened not only to Maverick right now, but what has happened to him in you know the past 34 years or whatever it is. Is just it, it's just it adds to the mystique and the and the the sensitivity and the emotional aspect of the movie and it's very heartfelt too like you don't expect it to be there's lots of like wipe your eye moments in that movie nothing like the original there was no wipe your eye moments in the original other than goose dying but outside of that there was really this one just has a lot of emotion it basically takes tom cruise who was kind of a cocky arrogant um fighter pilot and 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 it shows the evolution of of the character, right? Like he's still cocky and a little bit arrogant, but he's obviously learned that he can't be like that. Uh, he still flies by the seat of his pants, but he's much more humble. He's much more loving. He's much more open. He's much more emotional. And, and the backstories and, and the little twists and turns that it takes are fucking amazing, man. It is, uh, it's just, it's incredible. And then at the end of the movie, standing ovation, bro, a standing ovation for a movie. I haven't seen anyone stand, uh, and and, and, a, and applaud a movie. I'm serious. I don't think I've seen it like maybe since I think maybe Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise. I, I think people stood up and clapped during that one. And there might have been a couple others. Um, I, I can't 
I mean, I get all excited and stand up and clap and stuff when John Wick comes on because I love seeing him kill people with fucking pencils and shit, but that's a completely different emotion. Uh, this is like, this was like pure, raw, um, just like love and emotion that these people had for for the character, for Tom Cruise, for Miles Teller, um, for everything else. And there's also another little twist in there uh, that you don't see coming and it happens relatively early in the movie um, which makes it pretty damn cool. Um, here is a, uh, a little clip from the Conan O'Brien show um, talking about Tom Cruise in the, uh, in the Maverick movie, which uh, came out just a couple of days ago. Check it out. The end is inevitable, Maverick. You're kind of headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir, but not today. I mean, goddamn, dude! That it gives you, um, it it gives you uh, goosebumps and shit. It really does. Like when you walk in the movie, it gives you goosebumps just being there around all the people. And then when it starts, and that that music hits you hard, that Harold Faltermeyer uh, sound, uh, it's just it's just freaking amazing. Here's another little clip from it as well. This is from uh, the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. Check this out. Go ahead and play that, Mike D. That's right, Top Gun Maverick is expected to be this summer's biggest movie. It took 36 years to make the sequel, so if it does well enough, they're going to finish the trilogy in 2058. So, fingers Jimmy Fallon trying to be funny. Um, yeah, I, it, you know, look, I, I think what happened originally with, uh, with the movie is that they really never intended to make uh, um, a sequel, right? How do you make a sequel to something like Top Gun. That's just it. It's it's almost impossible to to even fathom the idea of uh, you know of, of of making something that will follow that up. Um, but they did. After a while, I started to hear rumblings about it like ten years ago, like maybe eight years ago, and then I heard that they were going to start making it in a couple of years, and then they did, and then they started making it, and then they were filming some of it at Lake Tahoe if you remember that. Uh, and then all of a sudden it was set to go and then 2020 hit and the Democrats fucked the world up. And then we got to the next level, uh, 2021, it was going to come out and they're like, no, let's go ahead and push it. Uh, let's, uh, let's do it the 4th of July. And then they're like, uh, now we're going to do it the 4th of July. Now we're going to do it in 2022 and we're going to make it uh, May, which has no relative significance other than it's Memorial day weekend, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, so, and hats off to, uh, those uh, of you who, have family members who lost their lives in the in the the wars and in the military over over time. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Hopefully, when you go out there and you're doing your barbecue and you're having your fun time with your family and you are enjoying the day off, you can understand that despite what you might hear in the news these days, despite the shit that you might see on social media, this country is actually pretty fucking awesome. And the reason it is, is because there have been men and women who have been willing uh, and able to go out and throw their lives in front of bullets and bombs and guns so that you can enjoy that. I know it sounds cliche, but it's really fucking true. So when you're out there enjoying your weekend, make sure that uh, you give respect where respect is due. And also... Make sure that you're getting yourself set up for the big weekend coming up as we go to Blinds of Sacramento for the big grand opening. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. is going to be the grand opening of Blinds of Sacramento. Um, it's a um, it's a, a, a really cool little shop that uh, Jessica Claveria, who is the owner of Blinds of Sacramento, has gotten set up. It's beautiful inside. It's uh, state-of-the-art. Uh, you go in. She'll talk. She's very sweet. She's, she's very kind. She's very knowledgeable. 
and it shows not only in her knowledge of, of, you know, window coverings and everything else in the installation and all the expertise that goes along with that and all of the things that she has done with, you know, partnering with, with new home builders and remodels and everything else. But it, it's, it, she also makes it, you feel comfortable because she doesn't, she doesn't try and talk down to you. She doesn't make it like she knows something that you don't. She just tries to educate you in what's going on because look, let's face it. When you're in a house and you've paid a lot of money for a house, you want everything to look beautiful and nice, including, your windows. I gotta be honest with you. When I go into a house, uh, that's one of the first things that you notice. And it's one of the easiest things that you can do to beautify and, and make your home more valuable. So make sure you check her out. It's going to be the grand opening 10 AM to 3 PM. I'll get you the address in just a few minutes. And, uh, it's going to be fun times. Music, uh, they're going to have free food. They're going to have free estimates. Uh, you're going to have a chance to see the products and get product, product reviews. You can check out the Yelp reviews, tons and tons and tons and tons of five-star reviews. Uh, a, a plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, the Blinds of Sacramento, the grand opening this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We're going to be out there. I'll be out there. Carl will be out there. Um, we're going to have a good time. We're going to be giving away stuff, a $500 gift card, um, uh, four blinds of Sacramento and some other cool prizes as well. So make sure you, uh, make sure you check that out and I'll get you the address in just a few minutes when we wrap up the show. Now let's talk about real quick. Um, when I was walking out of Top Gun Two Maverick, which if, uh, let's say if, if, if it was five stars, I would probably give it four stars, four solid stars. I, I think the story, um, the story itself um, of the mission that they're trying to accomplish um, is a little cartoonish to me, right? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of the typical thing in the military. Hey, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, a base over here in the mountains. They're building nuclear weapons. We need to destroy the nuclear silos. And if we can destroy the nuclear silos, which is going to be almost near impossible and we can get out, uh, and win a dogfight with these crazy guys, um, then, uh, we will, uh, we will have a successful mission and everything's going to be good and happy and fun. And, um, you know, but you don't really know what's going to happen and it does take some twists and turns. So it's not super predictable, but what I didn't count on and what takes it from probably a three star because of that, you know, kind of that storyline, which is an above average movie to an extraordinary movie is, uh, the heart and the emotion behind it. There are times in the movie legit where Tom Cruise is like legit crying. Like it's and and when you when you see Tom Cruise crying, uh, that'll fuck you up. Right? That'll mess you all up. And when he started losing it, I started losing it. And uh, you know, and the look, the movie was over. We're walking out, and I'm I'm talking, uh, you know, I'm talking to my daughter, and uh, we're talking about how the movie went and what she thought. And she was like, "Oh my god, that was freaking amazing." And she's like critiquing it from top to bottom. And then she's comparing it to the first one. And then she told me the same thing. She's like, man, it had so much heart and so much emotion in it. I didn't expect that. And then the flight scenes were freaking amazing. It's, I, she was basically saying the same stuff that I was saying. And I'm like, who's this kid? Oh my God. She's like this. She's not even, she's not even 17 yet. And she's uh, just loving the movie. So four out of five stars, two thumbs up, freaking amazing. Check it out. Uh, get your tickets early, man, because uh, they sell out like a motherfucker. Like I was going to go see it in IMAX and I logged on to go buy the tickets and they're like, fuck you. Those tickets are gone, brother. So I was like, shit. So I saw it in the regular 
uh, which is still dope. Like it's still amazing. It's still got the surround sound and everything else. So, um, check it out. Uh, Top Gun 2, you're going to, you're going to be glad that you did. It's super amazing. Uh, coming up here in a couple of seconds, I'm going to read a couple of uh, questions from people that people sent to me. And producer Mike, do you want to go ahead and uh, play a little bit of that, you know, question music for me so that I can uh, ask these questions? People send in questions, uh, whether it's relationship questions, um, doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's just all kinds of different stuff. They'll send in uh, rando questions, relationship questions, political questions, um, things of that nature. Somebody sent me one. I'll cover it real quick. And then, and then we're going to move on to stuff that's a little lighter. Uh, so we had the school shooting in Evaldi, Texas. The mayor of Evaldi and the governor of Texas, uh, Greg Abbott, got up and they were doing a press conference. And they were talking about what had happened. And a lot of the, the people who lost children or people who lost friends were there. Uh, some of the people whose kids go to that school were there. Um, and Greg Abbott was attempting to kind of try to uh, unify everybody and, and try to have like this moment where people, um, you know, could kind of grieve, but wanted to let people know that they're going to do something about it and this and that. Beto O'Rourke, who is, <laughs> who is a combination of asshole and douchebag, like all wrapped up into one. He's like this pasty Irish kid, but like fancies himself a, a Mexican immigrant or something. I don't know. He's just, he calls himself Beto, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, uh, which is, bizarre in its own right. He is, he was running for president as a Democrat. Of course, he's a far left-wing lunatic. Um, he, uh, he was the one who said during the 2020 primary in the, in the, um, uh, democratic primary, which Kamala Harris got 0% and he got 0% and somehow a brain dead tit mouse like Biden got like 9% and won the democratic, you know, nomination. He was saying, you bet your ass we're going to come after your ARs and your rifles and everything else. And he was like, yes, we're going to take your guns. We're going to make them illegal, blah, 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 blah. I said all this shit. Then he wanted to run for governor of Texas. So he changed his tune because somehow if you get up in front of a bunch of Texans and say, we're going to steal your guns, you're probably not only going to not be governor, but you're probably not going to have a very fun time walking back out to your car after the fucking debate. So he changed his tune. No, we're not going to do that. He goes back and forth all the time. He's a very, he's a prototypical virtue signaler, super fucking mentally disabled like uh, the dude talks shit all the time never takes a, 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 a like he never sticks to one side of any issues always trying to 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 to, to grandstand and at this press conference this raccoon ass licking moron shows up like just before the thing starts he has people sitting in chairs um holding a place for him because they know that it would have been a distraction if he would have been in there beforehand. They leave just before it starts. The cameras come on. He comes and he sits down. And then in the middle of this, this press conference with these grieving parents and grieving people in the city of, of Aldi, Texas, this ignorant son of a bitch stands up and starts mouthing off to Greg Abbott about how we need to take people's guns. And this is predictable. And this is something that we knew was going to happen because of the second amendment, blah, blah, blah. The same fucking tired cartoon like fucking response to everything that, that happens every single time there's any sort of issue in the, in the world or in the country, you can, you can count on the left wing in this, not all Democrats, but you can, you can, definitely count on the left wing doing two things, fucking overreacting 
and and turning it into a political opportunity. This dude used the opportunity in front of a bunch of, of, of people who lost children to stand up and make a political speech because he knew that CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC and CNBC and old PQRST would, would lick his butthole clean because, oh, look, at he stood up and wants to take guns because apparently if you don't believe in, 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 in ravaging and stealing away the Second Amendment so people can't defend themselves, then you must want children to be shot. That's basically the, the, the position of the left wing. And every fucking time there's any sort of tragedy, the left wing overreacts to everything, right? Somebody gets shot, fuck it, we got to pull the guns. Somebody sneezes, fuck it, we got to put masks on everybody for two fucking years and shut the entire fucking country down and screw everything up and drive people to mental insanity. It's, it's what they do. I've said this before. They are the traditional overreactors. They are the mother-in-law of the fucking country. It is, it is what they do. And, and, and Beto O'Rourke used an opportunity to trample on the grave of, of children so that he can make a political point and score political points because he's running for governor against Greg Abbott this time around and it'll be happening in November. And so he used it as an opportunity and then claims that Greg Abbott was using it as an opportunity for politics. Look, let's not beat around the bush, dude. All politicians use everything for political gain, right? But this dude's not governor and people don't like him, <laughs> Like he ran for president, didn't get like a percent. Like he only got 0% more than I got and I didn't even fucking run, right? Like, and, and they don't like him as governor. They don't want him to be senator. They don't want him to be congressman. It's, it also should be said that while he was there mouthing off and foaming at the mouth like a fucking moron, uh, people who, who were at there who actually lost people in the Evaldi school shooting uh, were yelling at him to sit down and shut the fuck up. So um, in the mayor of Evaldi, call him a dumb son of a bitch. Like, 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 it was all bad, right? So I wanted to get that out of the way because somebody asked me about it and someone texted me about it and I've gotten a couple of emails on it. They know that I was going to respond. I don't like to talk about stuff. Uh, I don't like to like comment on, on school shootings and stuff because I feel like it's, it gets overdone. It just gets overdone, right? I will say this about, about the second amendment, right? Um, the second amendment was not there so that we could hunt, right? Everybody, you know, Joe Biden likes to have this line that he makes up all the time where, uh, they didn't want us to have machine guns, you know, deers don't wear Kevlar vests. <laughs> and then he fucking marvels at his old man wit. And then he sneezes and fucking dust comes out and his head falls off. He's just a, he's just an imbecile, right? Like I can't stand that fucking idiot. So I don't want to get off on a tangent with him, but um, it, it's just, you know, this is what the left does all the time. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, the second amendment had nothing to do with hunting. <laughs> the second amendment had to do with the fact that the framers of the constitution looked around and saw what totalitarian governments looked like. And the first thing that those totalitarian governments did was they disarmed their, their people, their, their people. And then once you disarm the people, you can pretty much bend them over and stick it in as far as you can go. And no one's going to do anything. Cause what are you going to do? You can't say shit. They'll just throw your ass in prison. You can't, you know, you can't, you, you can't fight off the government. You can't, you can't, defend yourself. And, and that was the other thing is you wanted to be able to defend yourself. And the other thing that fucking Biden always talks about is, well, there are limitations. They're not absolutes. Like in the constitution, you know, you have the second amendment so that you could, the right to bear arms, but you weren't allowed to own a cannon. Really? 
because I don't remember seeing that in the Constitution. I mean, copy of the Constitution right here, and I'm looking at the Second Amendment. And here's the, oh, my fucking bad. There it is. Uh, you can you know, the right to carry and bear arms, uh, but right here, uh, there's a little asterisk that says, except cannons and shit. You can't have cannons. A fucking moron. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. Stop putting words into people's fucking mouths, dude. The Second Amendment is what it is. Guess what's illegal? Killing people. People do that anyway. You remember when we had the war on drugs and all of the fucking drugs disappeared? No, because it didn't happen. You're a fucking idiot. It doesn't matter what gun law you pass because criminals are going to fucking break the law anyway. And they talk about, well, we want to have a, a, you know, a federal background check. You have one. This kid who bought the rifle, he went through one and he got the rifle, <laughs> you know, and, and it's fucking ridiculous. He's an evil piece of shit who's going to burn in hell f- for eternity for what he did, Right. I don't even want to comment on what he did because it's so heinous that I don't even want to fucking think about it. I have kids myself. It makes me sick to my fucking stomach. But this battle back and forth constantly with the Second Amendment, people need to educate themselves. Read a fucking book. You know what I mean? Don't pay attention to, you know, your junior high and high school fucking history teachers. Nine times out of ten, those motherfuckers are making shit up as they go along. But get into the history and really understand it. Read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights. You know, read what happened and why it happened. Uh, You can get commentary from people with all kinds of different opinions, but at least get the facts down first. Um, And look, if you if if the if the Constitution is is ever evolving, if the Constitution is fluid, uh, then we have no Constitution. It's just like we have no country if we don't have a fucking border, right? You just have a like Dan Bongino always says, you, you have a suggestion of a fucking country because you have no fucking porter. It's just, it's just, it's, it's remarkable to me. It's the same stupid fucking, you know, argument that people uh, bring up and use all the time. Uh, and it's foolish and it's ignorant and I get sick and tired of fucking dealing with it. But what else, man? Um, let's go ahead and uh, get to some of these questions. Let me see if I can um, find the producer. Mike, did you, do you have those, uh, yeah, those questions, the ones that I uh, sent you earlier, that some of, that they were sending over. <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's looking at me like like he doesn't. You don't act like you don't know. I know that you got it. So check check it out and uh, and to hook me up with it. And while you're doing that, I wanted to let everyone know also that Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, who I've had interactions with over the years because he came into my radio station a few times to cut some commercials for businesses that he has. Um, he was part owner of the uh, Sacramento Bobcats or whatever that fucking failed football thing that they did was. Uh, he got arrested for DUI last night. So uh, there's that. All right. Uh, Producer Mike D, why don't you go ahead and uh, break down some of that uh, question music for me real quick so that I can uh, have something in the back. There you go, man. Yeah. I like that, man. I played golf this weekend too. Uh, and as per usual, I had like, you know, every other hole that I did pretty well in and I had a handful of horrific holes and then I had a couple of ones where I actually look like I know what the fuck I'm doing. When in reality, I, I just don't. You know, it sucks is you go out and you watch these videos and you train yourself to do all these things to go out and keep your head straight and your arms bent and this and that and you get up there and you fucking swing like a fucking madman. Forget everything. Happens all the time. Uh, here's some rando questions from people. Uh, this one's from Erica in Sacramento. Uh, what is the stupidest way you've ever injured yourself? 
Uh, shit, that's a great... Uh, when I was very, very young, I uh, had just watched the movie Superman in the theaters, and um, I was at my... I lived at the college that my parents were going to. They had family housing, and in this, they had this big room with wood floors, and I was pretending to be Superman, and I kept leaping in the air, flying through the air, uh, and then I would land my face on this pillow and I'd slide all the way across this, this wooden floor. And uh, I missed the pillow and banged the shit out of my chin and cut open my chin and had to have like 23 stitches in my chin. That's probably the dumbest thing. And then I've had some like sexually contracted diseases as well that, uh, that are painful. And that's, but that's, that's not a stupid thing. That's fun. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? <clears throat> um... Here's one from Jess. Jess in Sacramento. Uh, people who rarely or never take selfies, uh, why doesn't it appeal to you? Do you have reasons for not taking them or are there f- other factors? I'm not 100% sure what the fuck you're asking. Um, I do take selfies sometimes uh, when, 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 you know, when it calls for a selfie to be taken. I don't know. Uh, that's, uh, that's a dumb question. Here's another one. Uh, this one from Ben in Folsom. Uh, you are assigned to name a new flavor of ice cream based on your mood. What ice cream name would you have based on my mood? I would say, uh, indifference and pralines. I don't know. Um, let's see what else here. What is the best pleasure to see? (laughs) That one's stupid. Um, what was your last impulse buy? Um, bro, everything that I buy is an impulse buy. I was at the store today. I bought like two giant cases of Quest peanut butter cups. I don't need them whatsoever. I do eat them, uh, but I didn't need two. I think I bought two because the boxes are pretty. So that was at Sam's Club, by the way. Um, here's one. What are the elements of a good parade? <laughs> What? <laughs> don't ever ask me stupid shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever see Ferris Bueller's Day Off? If Ferris Bueller was standing on a fucking parade float and he was singing, uh, you know, the, a Beatles song, that's the element of an awesome, uh, an awesome fucking parade. Uh, what else here? What is the earliest thing that you remember? God, that is strange, dude. What are you guys fucking with psychedelics? I don't know. What is the earliest thing that I remember? Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people remember their first date. Uh, some people remember their uh, first, uh, I don't know. Some people remember their first kiss, first sexual experience. Uh, some people remember their, uh, you know, first time that they got busted for something that they weren't supposed to do. Um, I, I remember, uh, coming out of my mom's vagina and, uh, thinking to myself, <laughs> this is going to be fucking fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I, I woke up this morning and forgot the shit that I thought of the second I woke up. Like I have a horrific memory. I'm one of those people who you can talk to somebody and they introduce themselves and they say their name and I fucking forget what their name is the second they tell me. Like, I, they could tell me their name, um, and I, I would forget it the second they told me the name. 
I'd be like, hey, this is uh, this is Jennifer, and uh, these are her two kids. Um, and then Jennifer could say to me, so that's awesome, man. Uh, I heard that you, uh, you know, you do this and you do that. And then I heard that you saw Top Gun. That's great. And I'd be like, that's, that is great. Okay, cool. Uh, have a good day. Bye-bye now. And then walk away. And, <laughs> and, and then somebody could say to me, um, hey, man, who was that? And I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I, that happens all the time. All the time. So... Um, blinds of Sacramento, get your, uh, get your estimates, get your free estimates. See Jessica Claveria, who's been doing this since 2006. She knows a little something about it. Uh, very smart, very intelligent, uh, very knowledgeable about these things. We are going to be having the, uh, huge grand opening, which is going to be happening this Saturday. And it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Blinds of Sacramento. It's going to be a fun, fun day. It's in Orangevale. And I'll get you the address here in just a couple of seconds. Again, uh, it's going to be on June 4th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, huge raffle uh, uh, you know, on the hour. Uh, they're going to have a grand prize drawing at 3 p.m. for $500 store credit. Um, it's going to be catering provided by Lupita's Mexican Restaurant. Um, I'm going to be out there helping out. We're going to have a booth set up. We're going to be talking to people. We're going to be uh, doing the show, doing some fun stuff, having a good time. And you're going to want to be out there so that you can get your estimates, so you can talk to Jessica, so you can see not just, you know, what this is all about, but what it actually looks like on the windows. And those plantation shutters that everyone's talking about, those beautiful, beautiful things, yeah, you're going to want those too. Top of the line stuff. They know what they're doing. They're fantastic. 9353 Greenback Lane Suite 9, Orangevale, California. That's 9353 Greenback Lane Suite 9, Orangevale, California, 95662. And you can also hit me up, Boontang Clan, on Instagram, and I'll give you the address. Join us 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. out there in Orangevale this Saturday for the grand opening of Blinds of Sacramento. I am out. Have a great day.